It's the High and Wide Podcast with Scotty and Damon. On the ice with a Gimlet. A Gimlet scoops. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. Back across, Eggenberger in, shoots at the flick at High and Wide. Now what about three goals in your first game? How about a chance for four? Brian Paling, standing old coming for him. It is episode 38 of the High and Wide Podcast. Damon Proct, Scotty Rintoul. Buddy, how you doing? I'm okay. A little sick, David. Why? Um, Just feeling a little under the weather? White blood cells attacking the virus. Did you get the AIDS? I, well, you can't get it twice, can you? Ooh. Actually, I'm not sure about that. I don't know what that is. Maybe you can. Uh, I got sick about coming up about Sunday night, Monday, the long weekend. So I've been... Is this like because of the camping trip like two weeks ago? Uh, it maybe. fucked you up, bud. Maybe. I was also licking door handles all week last week. So. Okay, yeah, you don't want to do that. Wonder that's, that's, that won't, yeah, no, that doesn't treat you right for sure. That's gross, actually. Well, um, a lot of fun. How was, how was the, uh, the past week? Past week? Well, I was sick. Yeah. I was sick. <laughs> so you just did nothing. So it was pretty chill. Weekend was all right. Yeah, we did this another escape room on the weekend back in that. Oh, really? Where'd you, where'd you guys go in Winnipeg or? Yeah, I went to one in Winnipeg, not the real escape. We went to one called Time. Okay. It's pretty and much. What did you guys? It was pretty no. much the same. We passed it. Just no big fucking deal. No. It was. It was. Oh. It was. I. I've never done an escape room yet. I'd love to do it. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Man, they're a fucking ball. You gotta do. You know something. what I want to do? Have you heard of this, like, this zombie apocalypse nerf thing out in Gimli? No clue what you're talking about. Okay, so apparently this company, like, an entertainment company, bought up some, I, I think it's old military buildings out in Gimli. Mm-hmm. And so you can go into these buildings, they completely shut everything down, uh, and you have to fight your way through the building and like, they get like volunteers to dress up as zombies and all this kind of stuff. And you have like a Nerf gun and Nerf bullets and stuff. And th- that's entertainment. That'd be better if it was paintballs and your Nerf is just shitty. Like it's, it's yeah. okay if you're like close quarters, like two feet away from Are the you one, but kidding you need... me though? If you're, if you're standing there and somebody busts out in front of you zombie style, you're not popping them in the head with a, <laughs> with a paintball. Well, I mean, I mean like, like, are you saying pat? Pow. <laughs> Kapow, right in the kisser. Um, I don't know. I just feel like nerf, like you get hit, doesn't, you don't even feel it. You mean you don't need to feel it. I think the, I think the name of the game is the tension and like your, the, just the scary factor of it. Yeah. I feel like they do. But I have, I have no idea how it goes though. So I don't know. I kind of want to do that. We should do that. We should just go paintballing. We should do that. You should just go shoot real guns. You could go shoot real guns. I want to shoot at a person, though. Not a, not a real gun, but... Do you, like a fake gun at a real person, or a real person... Real person, a fake person real gun, gun, but not a kill gun, like a paintball gun. I want to shoot. Oh. oh okay. Oh. You're a little aggressive today, buddy. No, I just want to do that. Like, I mean, I used to go paintballing all the time, <laughs> but I want to go paintballing. In golfing. Yeah. 
I haven't paintballed in a long time. Actually, I've only golfed once this year. No, twice this year. I lied. I went golfing last okay. week. Answer okay. How many times have you been out this year? Uh, this year, 30, maybe. Good Lord. You find time, eh? Well, every... Well, but you're in a league. We went once a week, so probably about... Yeah. I think there were like 16 games in the week, and then I probably got 14 rounds in beside that. You're a monster. Yeah. But I enjoy that about you. Yeah, well... I'd like to get more golf in, but, you know, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, so, this week on the pod, it's going to be less us because uh, we had a chance, or I guess I had a chance to interview uh, unrestricted free agent Justin Falk, which uh, was a pretty good conversation. We talked a little bit about his unrestricted free agency, how that process kind of goes, what he'd like to see change in it. So, uh, with without further ado, we'll jump right into that, eh, buddy? Let's rock. All right, we have with us Justin Falk, NHL player, AHL player, AHL champion, Mem Cup champion, which is pretty uh, pretty phenomenal. How are you? How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, love to recline in the chair here and uh, relax for a little bit and uh, shoot the sugar, as we like to, Mennonites like to say with her. Well, you, uh, you, I guess you're coming back from uh, being out on the ice this morning, I'm guessing? Yeah, every morning uh, we're on the ice, 8.15, 8.30 in Winnipeg there, and... Uh, Put a bit of miles on the highway there, number three, back and forth, and uh, come home and uh, recharge the batteries for an early morning, much like a radio talk show host. You know, oh. you got to use the latter half of the day to recharge the batteries to give her again in the morning. <laughs> I'll trade you because I would much rather be out on the ice first thing in the yeah. morning than in this chair, but it is what it is. Um, let's get things started right off the hop. Of course, coming from a small town, Snowflake, Manitoba, uh, tell us a little bit about the impact your family had on, uh, I guess, your 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 journey to get to where you are today it was it was huge uh like i said I, I wouldn't i wouldn't trade anything for where i grew up and 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 how i grew up because uh it was it was just it was the best and to be in a small town there to grow up on a farm and to have the the, the ice time availability like i did uh that was that was crucial as far as any kids development because you just want kids to have fun and to skate and just to really enjoy the game and uh my old man played a crucial part in that and uh helping prepare the snowflake arena every year and flooding and putting an ice in there and then once that once that was ready then it was free sailing for me to skate whenever however much i wanted all winter so uh was that an outdoor rink or an indoor it was an indoor rink okay it was one of those uh, like there's no heat inside it's yeah it it was outdoor with a roof on top so (laughs) those are those are fun though yeah you don't have to worry about the wind but uh you got to make sure you've got the uh, long johns underneath uh, yeah just the the plain ice that by the end is just the chicken wire cage on the one end and uh, a couple holes in the boards just from them giving out completely over time but uh no we had a lot of fun there growing up i I'd throw the the bag of skates and gloves on uh, on my lap and sit on my sticks and hop on the snowmobile and putts down there and and skate every evening. So uh, just the the joy of being able to do that was awesome. Your typical Southern Manitoba hockey story too. Get on the snowmobile and get on the sled. Boot it to the rink and go. Yeah, it was pretty much like a indoor outdoor pond there. With uh, like I said, not much for temperature control. So you battled the cold and the elements and uh, and you went out there and you had fun. So, what, like, what's your favorite memory from from that kind of time? Like, uh, getting out there was it uh, playing with certain players? Your dad being there, you were saying, yeah, that, that uh, him as kind of like a coach kind on of the side. A lot of different memories there, you know. Uh, 
once the ground froze, my dad would be out there daily with a hose trying to get the water in and get the get it to turn into ice and and uh, get that going. And the little homemade Zamboni we uh, he had contracted there with a tank and a couple bars that went down with a pair of jeans on each end that the hot water <laughs> soaked into the blue jeans and we pulled that around the ice and flooded the ice and a lot of great memories with cousin and cousins and friends there shoveling the ice after pickup games and it was a really good uh, community builder for uh, for what we had for a community back then and uh, cool little cool little arena and uh, like I said I was very fortunate to have that availability to uh, to use it when I could and, and to hop on because uh, as you see now moving to bigger centers and ice time availability like it's it's not so easy to get kids on the ice these days. So about that we were talking about uh, kind of your input with your kids growing up they're going to get to an age where they're going to maybe start playing hockey or whatever sport or whatever recreational tool they kind of go into. Um, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on kind of being a dad and, and taking over that role for your dad who did that for you. Mm-hmm. Like where, where do you see kind of you putting that input in for them? Yeah, like it's, it, it's, it's crazy how quickly it's coming. And, uh, and, uh, I had an uncle that told me on my wedding day that, uh, always save some energy at home for the kids. <laughs> and, uh, and yep. he was, he was right. And I think about my dad and the long days on the farm and whether it's harvest or springtime or spring and, and I was I was a pitcher in baseball growing up, and it didn't matter how much spring or busyness running around, he would find time to squat down and have me throw 50, 60 pitches to him just to, wow, you know, keep keep doing the things like that. So uh, to, to keep the time for the kids and and all that, that'll be uh, that'll be that'll be fun. It'll be a, it'll be a journey that'll go by too quickly. Unfortunately, I feel. Do you see yourself getting into coaching or anything like that? Uh, likely because I'm a, I'm a pretty hands-on dad and, uh, but I also think it's healthy for, for your kids to, at, at certain points to, to take instruction and coaching from someone that isn't a parent or right. isn't, isn't your parent. But, uh, I'm, uh, I feel pretty invested in, in my kids as far as just being involved in their day-to-day life and their activities and, uh, especially recreationally. I think that's with society, the way it is, is we have to focus so much on, on recreation that kids are staying healthy and active and, and, and whatever they're doing. So keep them away from the iPads, get yeah. them outside, having some fun. Yeah. You know, and that's uh that's a community thing about uh, recreation and the department. And we got a, we got a couple of good guys there and a, a good buddy of mine, Jordan Drieger, there helping out in the recreation areas has been keeping pushing that in the community because I feel the society is kind of slowly edging away in certain areas. And with that, and, uh, it's such a good community builder too. Everyone remembers being at the rink on the weekends yeah. for tournaments, and, and and I know it's 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 still like that. But I just I, I'm a big believer in and that recreation really pulls a community together. Yeah, Where right. either it's at the ball diamond or the curling rink or in the clubhouse after a round of golf, or uh, those recreational activities are are heavy heavy in the community building department. Speaking of golf, you and Eric Fair had a pretty phenomenal golf tournament in june um you've you've had this for a while but this year was kind of the first iteration of it on a totally different level where you guys were kind of the main control guys right everything was kind of going through you how amazing of an experience was that for you to be working with eric fair and uh to be putting this on for the community and being a part of it and and having it and and donating back into the community as well 
Yeah, you know, it, it's we live in such a great community here, and, uh, and I've only been here five plus years now. But uh, a community that's very invested in in itself, and uh, our tournament is one of many great events that go on throughout this town, and, and we're very humbled how successful it was. And uh, but it, like I said, it, it was a lot of work for for two guys that didn't really know exactly <laughs> yeah. what they were getting into at first. And uh, I think anyone that uh, that's out there that's ever planned a golf tournament to uh, to some serious detail, it, it is a lot of work and a lot of relationships that have developed and that we're excited about and ones that new ones that have started and yeah, you guys had some unsung heroes with that and uh yeah so uh we're we're very excited and hopefully it'll continue to grow because uh like our main goal was starting out was to to have this directly go back into the community and how how it can impact the community and the and the two charities that are places we chose this year was central station the food cupboard and uh seemed to be some pretty positive reviews and and what they're getting back uh and how they're able to use those funds uh, and directly impact what they're doing is it's pretty humbling and, and it's it's only great for everybody so do you where do you see yourself going next year as far as uh, that golf tournament you know we'd like to kind of mimic exactly what we did and just see if we can complement and and add into into the different areas uh we're both big on on pace of play so uh <laughs> just a relaxing uh, day yeah. out on the course yeah eric's eric's one to not look for balls too long and uh <laughs> he, he'll lose his share fair share of balls throughout the course of a round but uh we uh we had a lot of nice things in different different areas that could step up in in different ways you know not everyone can can donate financially or can donate and and how they you know stuff like that so we had we had some food on the course that would just seem to be a, a big hit for yeah. uh, for the lunch aspect and uh some great raffle prizes donated uh, to help raise some money there and just a great community builder there and like do you guys said do you guys see yourself bringing in anybody else as far as like uh, a name as like another nhl player or maybe another ahl player to kind of compliment you guys or is this this is oh, you and we, eric's baby yeah well well we uh we, we've We've chatted about that. Like we we have lots of buddies throughout the league and throughout the province. That uh, I don't know. I don't think we would bring them in as far as partners on the right. whole thing. But uh, I'm pretty sure we'll have some special guests up our sleeves here down the road. Now that uh, we know how uh, successful this went the first year and and kind of the uniqueness that uh, that that brings to it. You know the the hockey part of it and. Uh, so uh, I'm sure we'll scratch some backs of some buddies and uh, we'll have a bit of IOUs <laughs> thrown around there and we'll get you back type deal. But uh, there are a lot of our buddies that we've uh, we've been skating together with. Uh, they were they were very, very happy for us and, and the success we had at the event. And uh, once they heard about it, they, they seemed very on board to get involved in the future years. So. Nice. That'll yeah. be really cool to see. Yeah, you know, we've, we have a pretty cool group there. We, uh, all us players, we... Uh, we all get together and we skate all together all summer and we get to know each other well. And then you embark on your journey to wherever you're playing at this, this next season. And it's always fun when you run into them throughout the season and you usually get in a day before on the road on the game and you go for dinner with the guy that you, your buddies with over the summer. So, uh, the hockey world, it's a small world and, uh, yeah, it should be, should be fun having them help out and, and like I said, that uniqueness of the the hockey aspect, the player aspect, because uh, guys like to like to hear what the the life is of <laughs> yeah. a hockey player. You know, they yeah. like to know the stories, like to know the day to day life, and 
and what it's like, just like I'm curious about what other, a lot of other guys do too. So uh, it'll be pretty cool. Do you have any – okay, so talking about being out on the ice with other guys around the league, um, you're, you're skating in Winnipeg. Any, I guess, uh, updates as far as uh, places that you're kind of looking at to play this year? Not much for updates yet. We're kind of like the whole hockey world is waiting for all these RFAs to get yeah. out of the way. Uh, what people really don't understand or notice right away is that how much of a trickle-down effect that puts in, in everything else. You know, everybody's GM, everybody's agent is all tied up with these RFAs. It's crazy to think that, like, them, I guess, being at the place where they're at right now, once those, and there's so many too, and like top tier guys, yeah. once they drop, that, yeah, like you say, that ripple effect of other guys getting signed. Well, I'm, like, I sit here and I get antsy, and then I, I look around the league <laughs> at how many other guys are are unsigned too and guys that had full year NHL years last year that are that are unsigned as well too like it's it's crazy it's it's a it's a little unfortunate I wish there was something in a way that that could be changed because I feel like it's only going to get worse every year yeah this whole RFA thing so uh, do, you, do you find that the NHL is kind of going more in the the direction of maybe the I guess you can compare it NBA wise with salaries and maybe that's the reason why guys that are a little bit younger making more of an impact on teams looking oh, yeah. to make bigger salaries. Oh, yeah. There there aren't too many. Like the average age of an NHL team, what is it, just over 25? Yeah, it's not it's not old and, at all. And your impact players every year are right in that level or younger. You know, it, it used to be you have your three-year entry-level deal, and then it was, it was a no-brainer that guys would get a qualifying offer or if you were really, really good, you can prove yourself for a bridge bridge deal but now these guys are are so good and so young that they're getting the power to have these such leverage yeah and uh and i thought i kind of also kind of think like with every cba and lockout negotiation like over the course of the years they're gonna find loopholes and how to try to you know and you they could find a way to change something in the next agreement to try to steer clear of these types of scenarios but some other loophole will pop up and nothing ever flows smooth so uh it would be nice so there's too many of them that are unsigned and it's it's really putting a halt in the whole league but uh and we're like like uh, what a week and a half away from training camp starting yeah i don't even know i was i was at home <laughs> all october last year anyways too so uh so just uh, kind of fly by the seat of my pants here and that's all right you ended up signing with ottawa last year um what was it? Your first game, you you hit Jumbo Joe, and instant scrap. Uh, yeah, we've kind of talked about this just in passing. What are your thoughts on that whole stand up for your players on clean hits and things like that? Because you're a guy who's a physical guy. Like yeah, it's, you go out there and your game a, is based on physicality. It's a tough. Uh, it's a tough topic. I wish uh, there's there's I I I'm I'm for both both arguments like if someone has a as a good spiel and a good argument i i understand where they're coming from on each on each direction it's it's unfortunate that the game can't be played clean simple and hard it's luckily we're in a league where majority of the scrappers are are honest honest guys yeah there aren't too many bad bad guys out there so uh and it seems like the (laughs) <laughs> go ahead you yeah. can say it no no it just seems like the like i said they're, they're usually good honest guys but it's it's unfortunate that the game is played so fast now yeah and a collision always seems twice as hard 
and uh, that an altercation sometimes has to happen. But uh, I don't know. I, I believe that's a that's a topic that I think don't won't ever go away. Do you do you think at some point in the NHL fighting will be a thing of the past? Yeah. Yeah. Just just because it's the the way the game's going, it's getting so much faster. Uh, we're getting to that day and age, even in society, where like the NHL is really the only sport outside of mm-hmm. actual combat sports where there is fighting. Well, I remember when I first turned pro, and I was down in the in the minors down in Houston, and every team had one, maybe two, full out heavyweight guys that could hardly yeah. play hockey. But boy, were they scary and they could fight. Now I think they're all playing in that Quebec Senior League or whatever out there. But uh, <laughs> I just remember that it was like just just fight already, you guys. I get don't, it like, out of the way. Get, and let's do go. it first shift, and then let's just play hockey the rest of the game. Yeah. But how many times? You know, one, you don't even see those guys anymore. No, they're and gone. How many times do you see in highlights? Do guys even square off and fight anymore? And if they do, like if they do, it's out of pure emotion yeah. in the battle or scrum and stuff like that. There isn't a lot of asking off the draw. Hey, do you want to go? Do you want to go? Type deal. So uh, guys are also learning that if they can't play hockey, they're like they're they're scrapping back in the day. Could give them a job. Could give them a job, and their hockey ability could play second fiddle. Yeah. Now they need to play hockey. You need to roll four lines, and you can't hurt your line mates. And if you can scrap on the side, sure, that's an attribute you can bring. Yeah. You can lay a big hit. Okay, that's an attribute you can bring. But it's like you better be able to skate, keep up with the pace, and play the game. Have you, have like, a, for you personally, from when you first started in the league to even today, have, have you worked harder on your skating than any other portion of your game? Yeah. Yeah? Just because it's the way of the game? It's mm-hmm. just so much faster? I, I was always a, a decent skater growing up in minor hockey and everything like that. But once I really hit my growth spurt around 14, 15, then it was like, okay, we got to really focus on the skating here if if I want to have a chance. Did you get a little lanky when you hit that growth spurt? Uh, not, I never really got lanky. I was always kind Just of so a much bigger. bigger, thicker yeah. kid. And uh, But now if you can't skate, then nothing else matters. You yeah, know? Like and... I, like you're six five, six six. I'm right? getting yeah, I'm getting a little bit older now, so it's it's tough to keep up with a lot of these young guys. It's nuts to me that thirty in the NHL is like mm-hmm. history. You're like old guys in the mm-hmm. in the league. That's crazy. Like Sidney Crosby is thirty one. Yeah, I'll be turning thirty one next in October there. And when I signed in Ottawa, I showed up at the locker room there on December first, and I was the third oldest guy in the room. Wow, just babies. Bobby Ryan, you're older than me, and Craig Anderson, who's like he's old, he's forty, thirty eight, thirty nine, yeah. however old the guy is, he doesn't even count then. You know, he's no. so far aged, and he's a goalie. Those seem to be in their own different world. So uh, <laughs> the amount of time you focus into skating, because your shot, your release, your strength, like if you can't skate, none of that other stuff matters. What like if I can't skate, then me to bench press till the cows come home to light up a bench press test at training camp. Yeah, what does that do? Doesn't do me anything. No. Absolutely nothing. So when you hit the ice with these guys throughout the summer, what like what are some of the drills that you guys are working on? Or is it just more you guys are getting out there and playing scrimmage? Uh, we've This last two weeks we've kind of mimicked training camp a little bit. We've in- increased the pace. But for the first of all, it's, it's a lot of edge work and 
and all that because it's your edges and your glide and and everything is that's that's like skating yeah there is definitely a science to it for sure so uh to be able to be a smooth skater an efficient skater you know like you have to be able to move quickly out there and it used to be a it used to be a world where a guy like my size to be able to wrap a guy up in the corner and before a guy's even got as quick it was easier to wrap them up or box them out and all that Man, I'm lucky. I, I'm lucky. I started when I did at least to get as many years as I did. Because if I, I always think if I was pulling into the game now as a 20 year old, it would be hard to have a long career. As a bigger guy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Unless your skating is how how many how many six foot five defensemen do you hear talked about on world junior teams or yeah, that's true. It's the Swedes on the Leafs in the system there. It's these kids, these D-men in the oiler system, these young, these little guys, like it's, you know, this other, this other kid in, used to play for the Chiefs and Juniors that I, that I played in too. Like they're all 5'10 to 6'2 on the tall end Yeah, that are puck moving skaters because it's a different game now where you, if you do five good things with the puck and three bad things with defensively, yeah, that's fine you're doing enough good things to contribute offensively yeah. that can wipe the slate clean defensively. But if you only do one good thing with the puck and one bad thing defensively, yeah, you have a better plus minus ratio you could call it, but it's not doing enough to stand out offensively. on the offensive side of do it. Do you find like the, the, the more defensive guys that you've played with in the past or even just into the future that that's becoming less of a thing. It's moving more towards that two-way player or just straight-up offensive guy? It seems like I feel like a team could have six offensive guys as D-men and they would, you know, hopefully some of them can figure out their way and (laughs) as long as they got a bit more puck possession time and, you know, it's it's, it's hard for stay-at-home team. Like that Ben Lovejoy retired today. Yeah. Only 11 seasons in the league too. Yeah. Like it's just it's hard to find jobs. You know, as, as as big guys and and all that, like yeah, we we're just maybe not as offensively gifted, and but yeah, we'll, it's crazy. We'll yeah, it's crazy because I've seen you take a slap shot. I would not want to be in front of that. No, but it's never on the first or second <laughs> PP unit. So then, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, WHL championship, you guys won uh, the Mem Cup uh, in '08 with the Chiefs. That or. Your AHL championship. What was what's what kind of sticks out to you more? Which which one do you kind of hold closer to the heart? I don't think they're. I think they're so equal. The, really, the relationships. Uh, any any championship. We whatever you're doing is just those relationships. Those Stick last. With you? Those last a lifetime. Yeah. I still got my two best buddies in in juniors that I'm still close with, and I talk with a couple times a week. Really. Yeah. Like it's. That one was that one was juniors was great because you have that you only have that small window. Yeah, and it's different too because you win like a championship in the dub, mm-hmm. and then you go to the Mem Cup, and then you, it's like double. You got a couple games to. What is it? Four games that you play, and then well, and we, then we only played four because we ran the table. We went four and zero. Oh. We oh, had a buy go, yeah. first round buy, but you would usually play five if you don't get the buy. But that that's seventeen eighteen. I only played three years juniors. When I was seventeen, we finished dead last in the CHL. Mm-hmm. And Bill Peters, Tim Speltz, he's the coach in Calgary, Bill Peters there. Tim Speltz is with the Leafs management, brass scouting and all that. Turned that team around. Two years later, we win the Memorial Cup. That's crazy. 
And yeah, like that's a quick turnaround. That is quick. So that that one was that one was big. That was an exciting because like that's you were there for such a low period. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when on my first year there, I was seventeen. I got traded there in the end of the year. We were you're doing fitness testing at the end of the year. Rarest thing ever. Yeah, we're doing the beep test and fitness testing at the end. They're just trying to weed out the the weak, the eh? cancer in the room in the group and just weed them out. So then the wow. second year we lost in the first round to Everett. Silver tips there, but we took big strides. Well, I mean, going from dead last to playoffs is yeah. Is and huge then third in year, itself. I was, I got drafted that year before after my second or third year. They gave me an A, and my my other two other buddies and a couple of guys we took. We were kind of shifted into that next leadership role, mm-hmm. and uh, we were fortunate enough to to uh, to win that. We beat Tri Cities in the Western Conference Finals in Game Seven. Then we swept Lethbridge in the finals four games, had about two weeks off, went to the Memorial Cup, and then won four straight there. And then done the Memorial so. Cup. And then did you did you go straight to the after that, or did you? Yeah, I went to training camp in Spokane the following year, but I signed when I went to NHL training camp yeah. as an, a twenty year old. I signed as with Minnesota, went to Houston, but then you sh- then you fast forward to uh, the Calder Cup there. Yeah, because when I was in my third year pro. We lost in the Calder Finals. That's right. When that I was, was with Houston. When I was with Houston. Yeah. And then you fly, whatever, five, six years later. And then once we got back to the finals, I just like I just kind of like, not this time. We're not going all this far. How big of a leadership role did you have on that Monsters team? Pretty, pretty big one. Yeah. We had a great leadership group, Ryan Craig. Yep. That name ring a bell. He's with the assistant coach there in Vegas. I've never played for a captain like that guy. Really? That's big praise because you've played on some decent And teams. I've played with some good captains. Yeah. Michael Coyby was a great captain. I've played for some good captains, but that guy, I know it's just the AHL. I've never seen. That's that's a whole new level of being a captain. Really? It's like that that league to, to grind in the minors, like that is, that's those bus trips, those hours, those three games – on a weekend, back to back to back. Those are the yeah. I like, see those schedules, and you're just like, how do you guys do that? Then you hop up to the NHL, and you're private flying around and staying at the Ritz Carltons, and <laughs> you know, like never playing back to back games, just a couple here and there, and like it's it's a completely different beast, the miners. But he was he was an incredible, incredible captain there. So that that one was pretty that one was pretty special too. Winning so then finally winning that. Now, my D partner that year is a good friend of mine, too, that I actually played with when I first turned pro way back my... In the AHL. In the, my first yeah. year pro in the AHL. Then we came full circle as teammates again in Cleveland, and we were D partners again. Really? Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, that was, a, that was a special one, too. We had, a, we had a good squad there, that bunch of young kids that helped carry the team that luckily we... Uh, didn't get into too many situations where we felt pressure. And if those young kids could play confident and aggressive and almost innocent to what pressure yeah. is starting out in pro hockey, they just Just gave go her. and have fun. Yeah. And luckily we didn't creep into too many situations. We swept the best of five round one. We swept 3 nothing. Then we were up 3 nothing in round two. And we ran into some goalie issues there. So we ended up blowing game four. Lost game five, but luckily we came back and we won game six, and then we swept the Western Conference Finals, swept the Calder Cup Finals. We almost ran the table the entire playoffs. Yeah, no kidding. Do you ever look back at that and go, like, that's nuts that 
two losses. Two losses, and we were we were winning. We we're up two goals in game four. That. Oh, and, and so we're up. We're up. Whew. We're up by two in game four against Grand Rapids, and then uh, our goalie took a, his own interference penalty. Like the guy was kind of standing in front of screening, oh. and he blocked him in the back of the head. And they kind of got to him mentally, and then uh, he we lost that game. But uh, and then we lost the next game after that. We lost like seven three, and that same goalie started game six. And we went down two nothing right away. We're like, are we honestly going to lose four straight and have yeah. this fall apart? Swish goalies. That was that Corpusalo, who was the backup in Columbus. Yeah. He came out, put an Anton Forsberg, who was in backup in Carolina, a bit yeah. backup in Chicago, a bit. He came in. We came back. Zach Wierenski scored the OT winner in Game Six to win that series. Forsberg played the rest of the playoffs. Didn't lose a game. That's nuts. Eight straight. Wow. So those uh but championship teams, like I said, wh- whatever you're whatever you're doing, whatever sport or everything like those are those are some great memories, something they can't take away from you. Who's who's the best D-man that you've ever played with? Or who's your favorite D-man that you've ever played with? Hmm. That uh, I've played with uh, a lot of good a lot of good guys and a lot of good friends. Jamie Cipher is there. Like, as you think of your championship teams, he was my he was my really good buddy. That yeah. we came full circle with, close friend. Like he was, he was so good to play with as a partner. Like you know, there's just a tandem that they talk about, just knowing where each other are yeah. and and just complement each other so well. And we had that shutdown role of hard to play against type deal and two old farts that are just grinding it out in the minors. And he was he was a heart and soul guy too. Very very passionate guy that just like him in that ryan craig leadership role like tell you if you couldn't get on board playing for those guys then something was wrong with you (laughs) i remember i've just i'm like craig how do you do this like this is game three we're of a three and three on the weekend you play friday and wherever you're up in grand rapids and you bust to chicago and bust all the way back to cleveland to play at three o'clock on sunday like you're just absolutely fried you've slept maybe three hours the night before and he's getting the boys fired up after warm-ups. And, like, he's got his four heat packs on all over his body because <laughs> he's just mangled and hardly kept together. But he uh, he was a great captain, that guy. Glad he could just keep going in the hockey world and picked up a good gig there in Vegas and and uh, still keep in touch with him. But it sounds like things are going well. That's awesome. Do you find – or do you see yourself getting into some kind of role when, when you hang up the skates, in, in whether it be AHL – juniors like minor hockey anything like that yeah i i likely will because it's it's all i've ever known Mm -hmm. you know ever since you were you were young you just played hockey you know and next thing you know you're going to swan valley to play manitoba junior because i guess that's what you should do and then next thing (laughs) you know you're playing juniors and then pro and that's all you've known is just okay you just keep doing another year so uh I imagine I'll be involved. the The hard part is, is that as as much good that has happened throughout my hockey career, there's there's been a lot of there's been a lot of negative too. Sure. And and a lot of people don't really understand or see a lot of that. And well, we never hear that they, stuff, and, right? You know, they and how hard that is on a on a family now and and all that type of stuff. So, as much as I I love the game, there's a lot of it that I hate. Well, I was going to ask, like, how and much time do you find to get 
to be at home, right? Like with you being you know. a guy that's played in some pretty some pretty awesome areas, uh, Columbus mm-hmm. uh, during your time maybe not the the greatest hockey city, but building for sure. Mm-hmm. Getting home, being home with the wife, being home with the kids. How important is that for you to kind of maintain that that up level for you in hockey? Yeah, and it'll help when my kids get to the age now of being more active in that. Yeah, because I would I would hate for some of my experiences to scar their chance sure. at, at experiencing things or opportunities in areas. So uh, I'm sure it'll be there because that's like I, I just I have a knack whether it's middle of the season or skating with guys in the summertime just to to help people in different areas. Yeah. So uh, I have a feeling that coaching would be something of interest to me. Either my wife is on board for that type of thing. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there because uh, we've ran around enough for me to play. Is is she going to be on board for something like that, or either then maybe it's more locally or something like that? We'll uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get there because I'm in that fine line of am I playing this year or is it the time up? Is are you, you know? a guy that would maybe go overseas to play, or is that just not even in the cards? I I maybe would it would it would kind of maybe be more of a life experience too right to go try that type of stuff but uh, the situation the city the league it would have to be uh, it would have to be right because uh, like I said there's been there's been a lot of trial throughout the career at times you know I, I've been fortunate to to play as many NHL games and have as much as NHL time as I've had but. It's always came with a grind. Oh, yeah. If that means, like, you you know, there's no seven-year deal. There's no staying on the same team for more than three months, it seems like. So uh, the stability of just knowing where I'm going to be and to be there for the whole year, that's what would be appealing to keep playing. Yeah. To keep doing that. So either that opportunity presents itself wherever it may be over, or hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we'll... We'll cross that bridge when we get there because they, you know, they say you play until they tell you you can't play anymore. Yeah. And nobody knows when exactly that time is. Nobody, I don't think anybody, majority don't ever really leave the game on their terms. I wouldn't Either think so. Either it's injury or can't get a job or yada, yada. There's there's that small portion that are, are content and, and happy and and financially settled to just say, okay, I'm done now. But that is... That is a minority. So uh, hopefully life after hockey will transition smoothly and we'll see where that goes. Uh, let's get you out of here on just a quick little rapid fire. I got uh, some questions for you. Just throw out the first person's name that you think of when I say this. Okay, so we'll go hardest shot. Who's got the hardest shot? Chara. Yeah? I feel. Pound for pound? Well, he's got that 160 flex stick or whatever he uses there. But Have uh, you ever used a stick that I that gnarly no i just i just feel like it's not only hard but i feel like it's scary because i feel like it's a tree trunk there are guys like shay like like weber's got a he's got a hard shot yeah but i feel like he's got more control okay sure you know what i mean you don't know where char shots that's what i feel like (laughs) and because not only if there's a balance of a shot being hard and then there's a balance of a shot being scary too yeah because uh, <laughs> I blocked a OV one timer off the laces and that hurt badly. But uh, how many times does that guy seem find a way to somehow get his shot through? Everybody knows. And it's always in the same spot. Everybody knows it's coming, 
but it finds a way to get through. Yeah, that's true. So I think there's a balance between a hard shot and a scary shot. I, so. like, how, I like how you reference that too. And yeah. yeah, now that I think about it, for sure, when you see Char take a slap shot, people are all like, like there's fear. Like, in is guys this coming eyes. five foot high at his <laughs> own player's head or where's this going, you know? Uh, best hitter. Oh, man, best hitter. That's a tough question. You said there's not a pile of big hits anymore. Best hit? Sure. I'll have seen. I liked when uh, McCabe hit Liney there in Buffalo a few years ago. That was a welcome to the league in uh, America <laughs> there. Were you on the ice for that? I was on the bench. Oh. But, uh, yeah. That Put was, a smile uh, on your face, though? That was, uh, I wonder <laughs> what that guy's going to do. He's still sitting around, too. Yeah. Right? I wonder what I, the Jets are going to do with that guy. I've, uh, yeah. Well, it all comes down to do they want to spend that money? Because he's going to get, what, eight plus? And do they trade him and pick up a whack load? Because they will get a lot for him. Though it won't be as much as it could be because he had a down. I, I, my, I, my honestly thing is they're, they're, they're scared to give him a long term deal. Sure. I feel. Like he's he's got good hands and a good shot. Yeah. But I feel he's far too sketchy. He's far too defensive below average of a skater too. Yeah. I don't feel his skating's very strong. And the game is only evolving. And I feel like at times you look at him out there and like, is this guy keeping up? Yeah. You know? Well, for a guy that with questions like that, to put up the numbers that he has in his first three years is mm-hmm. pretty nuts. Yeah. Oof. So I, I just I just feel like there's there are guys that are like He's good, and you know he's going to be good. Yeah. And there's him, like, he's good, and he likely will be good, but I just don't feel quite as certain on is he going to be as good. And and like you said earlier, too, like, that that kind of uh, bridge contract has gone the wayside, right? Like, players aren't kind of falling for that, yeah. if you will. Uh, toughest guy that you've played with? Toughest guy is uh, our buddy in Winnipeg, Ryan Reeves. Yeah. He is, uh, which I get a little bit upset because... <laughs> <laughs> All us local boys, we kind of have this thing where, like, we leave each other alone during the games, you know? We visit yeah. on the ice and, and all that. But Reaver, for some stupid reason, he shifts into kamikaze mode out there. Juice, don't do anything stupid. Like, come on, buddy, you know? Like, and then, like, <laughs> you you blow up a guy and he's chasing you around the ice and this, this, and this. I'm like, hey, Reaver, like, are you honestly mad at me? And then I'm not even halfway out of my gear after the game, and the trainer comes taps on my shoulder. He says, yeah, Reaver's here to see you. He's in the hallway, and he just wants to visit after the game. <laughs> so, like, he goes into that mode of, like, he plays that role well, and he got himself a good deal, and... Well, and he's he one of those guys that can, he can skate, skate and he's play and can fight. Like, stay out of the way. Yeah. Like, there is aren't... He, is he maybe the scariest guy that you've I think played he, against? I, in the, well, back when we first started playing, there were other guys out there. Like, I remember, I don't know, it was my second year pro in preseason. Cam Jansen jumped me, and I'm oh like, this goodness. little pit bull, like... <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I got his jersey over his helmet, kind of, and he was just swinging blind and didn't really hit anything. But, <laughs> but Reaver, like, he's a he's a big boy. He's he's uh, he should be at the golf tournament next year with his new beer line. So oh, uh, nice. That should that should be another uh, attraction for yeah, the event. Okay. Hopefully, so. I can't I can't wait for that. It's gonna be so much fun. This yeah. year was great. Uh, who's who's your favorite hero? Kind of growing up, who's the one player that kind of stuck with you in your head like you know how everybody like mine's kirk muller i loved yeah uh who's who's the guy that you grew up with 
I always loved Rob Blake's hip checks. Oh, okay. And I kind of had a patent hip check for, for quite a few years there. And for that's weird because a lot of people wouldn't think Rob well. Blake is a guy that did a lot of hitting, right? Yeah, but he always stuck that big rear end out and squeezed guys off along the boards. But uh, it's crazy. Like, I I loved hockey growing up, but I loved baseball more. So, okay, who's your, who's that guy in baseball? Like, I loved watching Pedro Martinez pitch. Yeah. Yeah, he was amazing. You know, and then the Jays era came in there where, like, Tony Fernandez, like, I was just a little kid, but then watching those guys play and freaking Tony Batista's weird batting stance and, <laughs> you know, and then just Shannon Stewart who could just bat lead off but had a muffin of an arm from the outfield, you know. Like, we had a good time watching the Jays growing up, and you try to stick with them right now, and the young guys they it have is. coming in, it's it's appealing at times. I just hope that when the timing is right, they build. A, there is a bit of money spent to complement the youth, otherwise it'll all just go to waste. Yeah, well, they it so, starts with pitching for them, too. Yeah. Like they have nothing. And every hopefully the market is right, too, that every year like they talk about pitchers on the market but hopefully like when the market is available and if they are willing to spend money that there's actually legit yeah guys that you can pick up legit good ones they need, not just the best ones available yeah they need a stadium too like roger centers is it's garbage it sucks like i it's tell a, a lot of my was like atmosphere i tell all my buddies like why i understand the canadian dollar and the u.s dollar has a bit to do with it but why why would you want to go watch the jays in toronto you don't go experience different cities we went a couple years ago we went down to colorado and watched them down there like go down there watch them on the road experience a different stadium a better city you're probably spending less and then uh and everyone likes to be those fans on the road heckling the home ones beat the traffic you know what i mean when you're leading and stuff so uh that i think uh is is where it's at you got to go watch them on the road like you just saw them in Seattle there a couple of weeks yeah. ago or a week ago or so there. Like that's that atmosphere there is. That's really nuts nice that playoff series yeah. there. Um best goalie in the NHL right now. Best goalie is likely Bob and he got paid for it. Mm-hmm. He's he is the uh him and Hank are the two goalies that I've played played with that uh they're at the next level. And uh and Hank with him is un like he was a little bit more unorthodox because that guy he if you watch him he never squeezes his glove. Yeah, no, he doesn't, eh? The puck goes in and he just kind of scoops it. Like I just don't know how he ever did it. He he never squeezes his glove when the puck shot into it, and he wears these gloves underneath like these little latex like gloves, the, uh, like he like gloves. the mime type thing. Like he's oh a goodness. he's an interesting uh, he's an interesting guy in gaming, but a great guy. But then like the, like Bob on the other end, uh, you'll I'll never see another player not just goalie player prepare and do what that guy does to be his best every single day really yeah because i guess you, you played with him you know yeah, like what he, he was doing what that guy does for his body and and everything like he is fully dialed in and i've never seen like he's had a bit of groin injuries and all that and but uh so why, prob- do, you, why do you think he left columbus was it time to play in a thinking i'm just he's just probably a, just ready for a change of scenery yeah you know, I feel like he's they've they've had a good year, year or two there. They've built two, but I think he was just kind of said like, "I am I just gonna play my entire career here and just just be?" How big of an impact is Torts on something like that? You know, I I love Torts. 
Okay. As crazy as that sounds, no, I, no, no, no. I lots of him. lots of players love. I was fortunate enough to not have to experience one of his training camps, <laughs> because I've heard his training camps are just over the top and and just stupid, which I feel you could back off there. But he's as honest <laughs> of a honest of a coach there is, and I think he he changed a little bit from when he was in New York, from what I heard, because I think when he was at the Rangers, he was. So many people talk about how like abrasive he is. Yeah, I mean, like, he was he's too an over NHL the top. Coach, come on! But all you can ask for that in the NHL, to a certain extent, throw guys' contracts and what they make out the window. Yeah, he he plays. If you're playing well, he'll play you. Yeah. If you're playing the right way and you're playing well, he'll play you. And he's honest about that. That's awesome. That's good. So Best defenseman in the NHL right now. Best defenseman. Seth Jones is really coming out. He's yep. in a market that isn't. See, I like I love Burnsy. I played with him a little bit in mini, and I visit with him on the ice. But his de- his defensive style is just he he lacks there completely. Yeah, but when he was a younger player, and I'm like you know this, you he, played he with played him. forward for half a season in yeah. Minnesota. I thought he was a better defenseman younger than he is mm-hmm. now because he focuses more on the offense now. Am I am I silly for saying that? As a guy outside who doesn't know anything, uh, like I watch hockey, but come on. I, he's probably now just focused on how am I going to get my points. Like if you watch shot attempts in the course of a game, oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Check his check his box score after every game. He's probably twelve <laughs> to fifteen shot attempts. <laughs> and San Jose's heck of tippers are on forwards, but all around defensemen. Like I, I'm I'm all for all around defensemen. Like sure. I, I I I hate when guys say, "Oh, Eric Carlson, and he's he's highest paid. He's the best defenseman." He like, can't play defense. You know, and yeah, he can recover. The best time he looks defensively is when, when he, he recovers. Back. Yeah, but that's not great because you, you have know? to recover for a reason. So, but then again, I think it's it's like I said, it's it's in a we're in a generation now of I don't I feel like all around isn't good anymore. Yeah, it's all about offense. You know what I mean? You better do something that's you better be really good at something as opposed to average or above average in your areas yeah so that's that's something yep. we'll have to talk about in another in another area i bet you if if shea weber could stay healthy skate a little bit be a bit more mobile he would be he would be right up there yeah because he's brute strength physical I'm, good shot but like you said you could you could take any player in the league and say how could i change yeah. this person a little bit like you're on your video game at home and yeah. bump up this attribute and then he's a, he's the super player you know so uh well i'll go. do a bit of thinking on that one at home and we'll save that one for another time shea weber is apparently as close to being a super player as yeah. just falk we'll, just just we'll needs give. to wheel and deal a little more <laughs> uh okay last question um growing up whose bed sheets what team's bed sheets did you have on your bed what uh I what had, Austin Matthews moment did no, you No, I had a, a – my, my parents still have it. I had a blanket with a goalie helmets of every team in the league. I it was remember like that a, blanket, actually. It was red and black yes. right on the other end? Yes. Yep, and it had the goalie goalie helmets. But uh, on uh, once the Jets moved to Phoenix, then I had the – do you remember there was – that was about like 12, 14 inches thick. You, you could wrap this band around on your wall yeah. of teams, and I yes. had the Phoenix Coyotes. So you, you jumped to the Coyotes as oh, soon as so I don't know, maybe my parents were, I was young, but then I had the, 
I had the Terry Yake poster on the wall too from him being Terry from Cartwright area. Yake. So uh had the picture of when I went to his hockey school in Cartwright. Wow. Yeah. So uh <laughs> try to support the local guys, you know, and just not? like just kinda coming full circle. Yep, absolutely. You bet. Justin, thank you so much, man. Hey. This has been awesome. A pleasure. Always a great to to run into you and and to visit and shoot the sugar of uh, sports around the world. Yeah, you're gonna have to keep in touch. You bet. What a beauty. Uh, big thank you to Justin Falk for uh, jumping in on the pod. That was awesome. It's really cool to be able to sit down and talk to him. Like he's such a down to earth guy. That's like the biggest takeaway for me from that whole interview is like willing to talk about pretty much anything. And like he's a, he's a very personable dude. And being around him with his golf tournament early in the year and having a chance to sit down and talk to him for the pod, you you can tell he's he's a guy that is super family-oriented. He's a small-town so, Manitoba boy. Yeah, he is. Small-town like, MB. I love the story where he gets into like being out in Slo- Snowflake, Manitoba, and there not being a whole lot of people around there, and his dad just fits, fixes up the rink, and he just gets out there. It's like your typical small-town Canadian hockey player story that you hear from so many guys around the league. <laughs> I mean, it's yep. Well, it's it's good to hear. I mean, it's cool when you hear those breakthrough stories. Um. So yeah, I uh, hope you had a chance to listen to that. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, hope to have him on again. I'd love to hear who he thinks is uh his 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 best defenseman or his toughest defenseman because he was kind of teetering on Shea Weber, but he he thinks Shea Weber needs to be a little bit more of a skater. More of a skier, eh? I'm okay. I think Shea Weber's a good skater. I just don't think he's fleet-footed. Like he's not very fast. No. But he doesn't. He like he doesn't put himself into positions where he has to be, for the most part. But um, yeah, I hope he gets signed soon. He's a good player. He he'd be a good depth man on any team. Yeah, we'll see. Good Blues guy or something. Uh, Jake Gardner. Speaking of uh, some guys that signed, he signed a contract today. Big money. Not really. Carolina. Well, not really. No, he's it's bargain for him. Just over four million a yeah. year for four years. That does seem go from the Leafs, but are, are you though? I'm not. I'm not. A, I don't. I'm not a Gardner hater. I don't mind him. There's a lot of people that are Leafs fans that were not a huge fan of him. He was an all right defense. He had a few turnovers, and people always look at the bad side of him. But other than that, yeah, he could be top four D. Yeah, absolutely, he can be, and he will be in now Carolina with the other Justin Falk. Yeah. That's true. Full circle. F- on the High and Wide Podcast. ULK Falk on the High and Wide Podcast. Brought to you by uh, Jamberry Tees. I don't know if that's true or not. They don't They don't give us anything, actually. Let's Watch by it. Anchor. Anchor. FM. Yeah. Dot FM. Dot FM. Not yet. We'll get there. We'll, see. we'll get there. Um, um, for one thing I'm ready to tell you, remember my trip to Calgary? Yeah, <laughs> do I ever. I, I seriously want to go out there and visit Uncle. Man, I've got, I gotten too fucking speedy. Like the the traffic shit, <laughs> the, the light or yeah, the, the, uh, the the bullshit camera ones. <laughs> Fuck me, man. Would have been cheaper to fly at this point. God damn. How much are the tickets? Like one was like 120, the other was like 200. Like, oh, that's not even that bad if you think about it. Well, it's it's stupid shit. Like the one I got, it was like I was going 100 in an 80 zone. And it's like, yeah, I was, I'm like, I'm on the Trans Canada Highway the entire time. So it's like, why the fuck is it 80? I'm like, and then the other yeah, one, it should be 110. I agree, 100%. And then the other one, um, like when we were in Calgary, my uncle Brad's like, hey, they've got these, 
They've got these tickets. Yeah, they, he's like, they got these cameras set up everywhere, so don't drive quick because you might not think you got any because there's no cops. Don't drive in Calgary is a, is the name of the story. Yeah, so basically, like, yeah, we're zip, we're not zipping, but like, guarantee every single other person on that road got a ticket because I was p- terrified of passing people because I didn't want to get a fucking ticket. And then we got a fucking ticket. <laughs> that's <laughs> so. When did you, did you just come in the mail? Yeah. Oh, that's awful. And, you, like, it's not even going back into the province. That's going right back to Alberta. And Saskatchewan. Oh, Saskatchewan. Well, one in Calgary, one in Moose Jaw. Oh, my goodness. You are a speed dude. It's the only positive is, is, like, there's no demerits or anything. It doesn't go on my driving record. It's just that's a true. ticket. Yeah, that's true. Because the, who the fuck knows who was driving the car, right? Yeah. Do, does it come with, like, a little picture? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, very Imagine high quality. Oh, is it? Yeah, like the one. Not like, are we talking about like? I'm talking like 1080p. The one in Calgary, it's like fucking crystal wow. clear. You could argue <laughs> it, but it literally shows like the Your face, my fingerprint when I was screwing <laughs> on the screws on the back of the light. Like what? <laughs> screwing on the screws on the back of the light. Like to put the license plate on the car, you could tell. Oh, we need some Phillips for this one. Like that's oh, how fucking okay, clear this thing. I see what you're saying. Got you. <laughs> That's really funny, actually. Um, let's get into some Stump the Chump. Get right straight the into the segments here because... Uh... We're, we're, we're rolling almost an hour already. Oh, yeah. Thanks to, thanks to Justin Falk. That was a great interview. That was a lot of fun. I got to tell you. Uh, who, you. who You go first. For Stump, so I ask you first? Yeah, you ask me first. All right. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Uh, when was the last time an undrafted player won the Art Ross Trophy? That's question one. In the NHL. The Art Ross Trophy. When was or who was? You can tell me when or who. Oh, okay, I don't remember the exact year, but it was Martin Saint Louis. Uh, bingo. Yeah, it was 2012-2013. Yes. Yeah, I think he scored what 100 and. Not That was a lockout year. He got 60. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two. Wait, what? Lockout year. Yeah. When Chicago won the the cup. Oh, right, shortened season. Yeah, yeah. 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 Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good thing I didn't have to worry about that. Thing. Um. All right, you got question one. One for one here on the stump the chump. Brought to you by High and Wide Podcast. One for one. Yeah. Uh, question number two. What is older? This is fifty fifty. YouTube or Facebook? Which was Ooh. created first? Ooh. Tell me. I say Facebook. You think Facebook is older than YouTube? Yes, I think Facebook is older than YouTube. Facebook is older than YouTube. Yes! Yeah. Facebook was uh, created at some point in February 2004. YouTube, yes! YouTube was officially launched February 14th, 2005. Woo! I, I figured because of the fact that... I, like, just video-wise on the internet, right? Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Okay. All right. Two for two. Good start. Next one's uh, Next one should be easy. What year did Neil Armstrong walk on the moon? That was 1969. 1969 is correct, Damon. Yes. All right. Let's even go for three. Let's even go five for five. This one. That's that's the big question. All right. How many seasons of Family Guy? Are on Netflix out of the 17 seasons. Okay, this is. It starts, I think. Oh, shoot. It starts at season 9. So, 
8. I think it's season 9 that they start. Or is it season 10? Crap. Come on, David, what's your guess here? Oh, crap. How many seasons are on Netflix? I'm going to say 8. Eight, your final answer. <sighs> yes, eight's my final answer. Damon, eight is incorrect. Oh, is it? Please don't tell me it's seven. No, it's nine. But it is. They do have season nine on there, all the way up to season seventeen. Oh, so I'm an idiot. I can't count properly, is what it is. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Fucking dumb. Sorry, bud. Yeah. Not Sorry, bud. even close, bud. Well, sorta. I'm just Okay, question number five. Let's bring it to eighty percent here. Yeah. When was the last time an Art Ross Trophy winner? Another NHL question about the Art Ross led okay. the league in both goals and assists. When was the last time an Art Ross winner led the league in both goals and assists? Oh, that's a tough question. Gotta do some research. Um, can. Can you give me the year, or do you think that'll give it away? That'll give it away. Crap. I am going to say it is... Let the league in goals and assists. It's got to be Yager. Back in, like, 98 or something like that. Is that your final answer? Yeah, because I don't have an idea. Uh, it's, it was actually... There's a... There's, if you would have been technical, I would have given it to you, but it was actually... Lemieux, the last time it happened in 95-96. Okay. He had 69 goals, 92 assists yeah. for 161 yeah. points. But Just R unreal. But Ron Francis also had 92 assists that year. Yeah. So that wasn't an outright win. Uh, the last time that it truly happened was Gretzky in 86-87. Oh, okay. That's 86-87 uh, was, what, 84 goals? And... That was 62 goals. And... Oh, only 62. Yeah, I think he had like 184 points or something. Only 180. Yeah, only 62. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Three for two. Three, yep, three for two. All right. And that year, Calder Trophy went to Luke Robitaille. 45 goals, 39 How about Lucky Luke Robitaille, eh? Yeah. One, of the, one of the greatest wingers of all time. Uh, question number one. Are you all ready right, for this? I'm ready for this. What, what religious figure is depicted in many of the tallest statues on Earth? Is it Muhammad? Jesus Christ. Is it Jesus, or is it Buddha? I'm going to say Jesus. No, it is actually Buddha. <laughs> the only right? one I thought of was that one at, like, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, 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 the huge Jesus cross, yeah. Yeah. That's Let's just toss him up on a cross in the biggest way that we can. Uh, question number two. What was the name of the shark in the movie Jaws? The name of the shark yeah. in the they movie? Yeah, a name for the shark. What was his name? Um, I want to say Jaws, but <laughs> I let me give you a hint. It's okay. not Jaws. It's not Jaws. Okay. It's not Jaws. Okay. <laughs> it's um, a normal human name. A normal human name. Yeah. Just drink this Slurpee. Highway podcast brought to you by Seven Eleven. Uh, is it Jaw Jeff? Is this no? Um, <laughs> Jeff. Is it T? No, it's not T. Mm -mm. 
Can't think of a good shark. Did you say teeth or Pete? I'm gonna say Benji. No. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. Just pick a name. Ah, uh, okay. Let me think. Shark. It's not like what you would think as, oh, I'm going to name my shark, like, Clomper. Or Chomper. Clomper? Yeah. Clomper, I don't know. I was thinking Clomper. It's a human name? It's a human name. Okay, what other... Has it been used before? Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just thinking, like, what shark name makes sense? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think any other shark uh, has I'm going to say Chuck. Is it Chuck? Chucky? <laughs> no, it's not Chuck. It's Bruce. Bruce, like, Bruce? Finding Nemo. Yeah. Hello. Exactly. The name oh, I Bruce. Guess... Hello, Bruce. That's a thing. I love it. Fifty thousand dollars. All right. Question number three. Um, I think this is easy, but you might not. Billy the Kid, during the Lincoln County War, joined a gang known as the What? Billy the Kid during the Lincoln County War joined a gang known as the what so they would be like the something Dream. i think this was easy when i was looking it up i was like oh yeah Dream what war yeah, yeah. lincoln county war the war is inconsequential billy kid was in a gang what was that gang known as the the silver foxes fuck come on how the fuck would i know billy the kid you're so young did you ever see Youngblood? No. Or was it Youngblood? Or what was the name of the... Oh, it was like a... Like with um, Kiefer Sutherland and Emilio Estevez, Louis Diamond Phillips. It's like a cowboy movie back in the... Was it Youngbloods? I think it was Youngbloods. Anyway, they were they were the Regulators. The Regulators. Regulators! It's in a rap song, even. Uh, I don't know. Is it, All right. is it in a Tony Hawk video game? <laughs> maybe uh question number four what color is a huckleberry i'm your huckleberry what color is a huckleberry it's black is that your final answer um i would suggest no it's not your final answer okay i would suggest <laughs> no um are my questions that hard this week man i don't what color is or it? Or is it just you're so sick? Is a huckleberry... Yeah, that must be it. Is a huckleberry... Blue. Yes! Okay. It is blue. Absolutely, it is blue. What's up? What, who's your favorite huckleberry? Uh, the only one I know is huckleberry. Finn. That or uh, Doc Holliday. I'm your huckleberry. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. What? Yeah, you probably never saw that movie either. Fucking Youngblood. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking Huckleberry no. Finn because he's black. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> or which Question. one? Is, is Tom Sawyer black? <laughs> did, you, did you just say you, you thought it was black because Huckleberry Finn is black? Yeah. <laughs> that's not right. Oh, my goodness. All right. I don't know. I've never Whatever. seen that, read that movie book. That's funny. Next question. <laughs> question Wait, number next? five. Yeah. Uh, Scotty is one for four right now. As a child, 
What did Casper the Ghost die from? Ended off on a high note. What did Casper the Ghost die from? Yeah. What turned him into a ghost? Probably some dumb, like, drowning or... <laughs> That's, that is dark. I, well, what, he's going to have a light death? Something light killed him? No, but back, like, because Casper's old as fuck. So it would have been, like, measles or smallpox or something dumb. Something like, along that line. Like, fucking, what do they die of when they got, what, what's it called when you get, like, really cold and sick? Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Oh, the hypothermia? No. Like, when you get okay. sick and you don't get up enough. Actually, you might be on the right track. What's that called, though? I have no clue what that's called. Or no, uh, I do know what it's called, but I can't remember. Like when you get bedridden. Okay, I, I'll give you a, a, as good a hint as I can possibly get. It is something that you tr like you truly don't need to die from. Um, as long as you see a doctor. Remember, Casper would have never been able to really. Like, something you that you saw don't doctor, need to die from? Yeah, you don't need to die from this. Probably... Fucking any of those shots I, I It starts with me. a P. It starts with a P. No, 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 no. It's not something that you could... At least I, I don't think you can take, like, a vaccination for. You don't die? No. no. Is, is, it, is it the cold one, then? The one that you, where you get cold and die? I'm going to say... I'm going to give it to you. Pneumonia. Pneumonia. That's what it's called? Yeah, I'll he give it to you. He died of pneumonia? He died of pneumonia. Okay. A... How horrible for poor little Casper. Didn't need to die. Didn't need to die. Take that kid to a hospital. Fuck. Yeah, the one But, you... but, he becomes a, a Casper the ghost, and he's a cute little guy. Friendly ghost. Friendly ghost. Yeah. With a couple of real <laughs> for uncles. <coughs> Woo. You are a sixer. Sick of the ghost. Well, I guess I, I pick up the win, eh? Yeah, got it this week. Two, three, three, two. You wanted to do uh, movie reviews before we get out of here too. Yeah, right? movie reviews. We just started watching. I Life. did too. We just started watching Life in Pieces. Life in Pieces. What is that? I feel like I've heard. It's it's basically like Modern Family, but oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's not as much. It's more. I think it's more for older audience somehow. Even though Modern Family is hilarious for any age. Yeah, Modern Family is really good. I love Ed O'Neill. I love, just about everything. I, I'm a huge fan of uh, the dad. Yeah, he's he like he his Ty character Burrell. turned out to be exactly like what um, Malcolm in the Middle's dad was. Do you do you, like, do you remember Malcolm in the Middle at all? Kind of do, but I feel I guess I didn't the want dad to in that wasn't like Malcolm was supposed to be the star of that show. Yeah, but then the dad ended up uh, what's his face Brian Cranston. Oh, well, it, not up, you. You don't mean like in the same sense of humor. Oh, no, no, no. But, like, with Modern Family, the dad wasn't really supposed to be... Yeah, but Ty Burrell's the just, star his, of his, the show. He's just hilarious in it. Yeah. yeah. And, and the same thing. Like, Ed O'Neill is so funny in the show. And then, like, Malcolm in the Middle, Brian Cranston is just so funny that it just takes over. Like, yeah. even if you look at The Simpsons, Bart was supposed to be the star of the show, but it's Homer. Yeah. Like, Homer just ended up taking it over. I like that. Yeah. So. You're good. How is how is it? I've never seen it. It's how pretty do, funny. Like it's it? like it's like so you've seen Modern Family, right? Yes. So Life in Pieces is basically like that. Like there's a, a 
a mom and dad, and then it's both their three kids and the lives they all live, and they all live in like the same kind of town, basically. It's almost identical yeah. to Modern Family, a little different. But the show is set up differently. <laughs> so like Modern Family, like they'll work with like Ed O'Neill and his family, like Jay and Gloria, and then they'll cut to the scene with like Ty. Yeah, Burrell there's like lots of storylines that tie into everybody. Yeah, but on in Life in Pieces, like it'll do one storyline, and at the start of the show it says Part One. Per it tells you the top yeah so it has four parts so it does each kind of family but it does each oh, part okay. so it's like this family's dealing with this thing they say it's called like vasectomy so it'll be the vasectomy scene with this family then it'll move over to this so right as opposed to like chopping it all and mixing it together it does one at a time kind of thing it's pretty cool huh. i'm gonna have to check it out yeah, is that on netflix sure is kind of funny too. there you go there's your netflix review bam mm-hmm. uh nice. movie review watch what, the, what do you got for watch a few movies movie movies the last, uh, yeah. when I was sick last week, we sat on the couch and I, I, I don't know does why. It, like when you're sick, do you get like the man flu and Jamie just takes care of you or does she fuck off and like, mm. oh God, I don't want to be around your gross ass. No, we were just all kind of lazy anyway. Like it was just a lazy day. Oh, okay. But, um, we watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like the old one. The old one. <laughs> oh, dope. Love it. That's my favorite one. Uh, I, I, I like the new one better, man really like gene wilder's good in it and he has like he's got more of like a a psycho type chocolate oh factory. yeah he's he's like the anarchist yeah like he's a he, kind and then of he guy got those creepy fucking sh- sayings then where they're going through that chocolate <laughs> yeah. tunnel and like those videos are playing on the wall of like spiders and shit it's like what the hell is this <laughs> and then and then so we watch that and it's got and then it's just like watching i hate watching old movies when they just don't have the budget or they don't have the technology yet to make it good like when, yeah, uh, yeah. like when Charlie and his grandpa are in that load in the when they drink that bubbly pop or whatever. Oh, it's so bad. Eh? And you can like see where the the strings are attached to their. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this is so bad. And then at the end, with the flying glass elevator. Spoiler alert! This movie came out like seven. But when it's like flying yeah. through the eye. Spoilers. When it's like flying through the sky and you can, see, it's like clearly just moving so wrong. Yeah, there's no green screen effect. Yeah, and then so uh, then we went and watched the second one immediately after. Oh, okay, so the Johnny Depp one. Johnny Depp one, and man, I, I, like, I like it way more. How do you like the fact that Johnny Depp's dad is uh, Count Dooku, or Saruman from Lord of the Rings? I was wondering why it was familiar, even though I've never seen either of those movies. But, um, really? Yeah, but I like how the, in the second one they give Willy Wonka more of a backstory type thing. Johnny Depp plays it perfectly. Also, I like how he's not... He's so creepy, though. Johnny Depp in the second one? Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. Gene Wilder's creepier, dude. Gene Wilder's more handsome. He looks like my buddy Cole Thompson. Way funnier, too. I, I, but I love they, Gene they Wilder. Give him different Gene roles. They, they give him different roles. Like, Gene Wilder gets the Absolutely. role of, like, a psycho fucking could be a serial killer, whereas Willy Wonka is basically kind of eccentric. Like, he's literally a kid. Oh, he's super eccentric. Yeah, he is. He he's just runs Michael it like Jackson. a kid, basically. He's like Michael Jackson. Yeah. And then, uh... I, yeah, I agree. What, I like does, the second one. Does... Like, did he do the same thing as Michael Jackson? Yeah, have you seen that uh, Dave Chappelle thing? Documentary? <laughs> yes, I have seen it, and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it, was it almost makes me want to watch that Michael Jackson uh, documentary, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I watched that too. It's the King pretty of Pop. funny. Dave Chappelle's funny. Dave guy. Chappelle's so funny. He's, I, to me, there are three comedians that I can think of that are funny and super smart, but can like travel that PC kind of thing perfectly. 
and still make jokes that are either kind of racist or a little bit over kind the of edge. prejudiced. Yeah. Like it makes you, it makes you unco- racist. Okay. Racist and prejudice, not the right words. Uncomfortable. Yeah. But things in everyday life that you laugh about. Yeah. Because everybody has a little bit of asshole in him, right? Yeah. He does it well. And Dave, Dave Chappelle. What? He does it well. Oh yeah, he does. He, him, George Carlin and, um, Richard Pryor. Those are the three. Like, if you've ever gotten a chance to see some Richard Pryor stand-up, he's so good at... He, like, there's so much of Dave Chappelle. Or there's so much of Richard Pryor Have you, seen, have you ever seen Bill Burr? Bill Burr's really good, but he's a totally different type of comic, though. Yeah. Like, I do like Bill Burr. I Like, I think Jim Jeffries is super funny. Yeah, um, he's good, too. But he... Like, his... His comedy is... Like, he says a lot of shit that he doesn't necessarily mean like that's not who he is bill burr no uh jim jeffries oh yeah but and and but it's for jokes and so i get that it makes sense like when dave Chappelle's talking about the stuff that he's talking about he just kind of feel like there's almost. a yeah it there's a lot of truth to it too yeah so it's just it's just the way it works out yeah uh also the other movie i watched was emperor's new group which by the way might be the best disney movie or pixar movie whatever it is Emperor? It's so good, that's man. not a Pixar movie, is it? No, it's Disney, for sure. That's just animation, right? That's with um, is D- David Spade, right? David Spade is in that movie. He is so Heidi and, and uh, Seinfeld. Um, Gronk. Uh, Gronk, and uh, he it's also got the John Goodman in there. Oh yeah, that's right. John Goodman's like the gotcha. the big hefty good man. Yeah, that movie's yeah, so. That's funny. a good. That is a good movie. I like I like Kronk in it a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's really good in that movie. That movie's like Patrick, so funny. Like like oh, we were Patrick watching it, Jamie. Warburton's so good. The three of us were all watching it, and like I'm laughing, Jamie's laughing, Keith is laughing, all at the same jokes, just because they're so stupid funny. Giggles. Yeah. Brings you the giggles. Yeah. That's Dude, good. We're already half an hour into this thing. I know. I'm gonna do my review reviews, and then we'll get out of here. All right. Okay, so I watched, yeah, I watched a couple of movies this weekend as, or this past week as well. One of them, London Has Fallen, the second in the Gerard Butler Fallen franchise, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess you can call it. Um, There's a third one coming out. Yeah, there is. Angel Has Fallen. It's in theaters right now. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it just yet. I will see it, though, because I want to see, we'll see how that fucker deals with shit, because he gets the blame in the, in the new movie. Yeah. But the, uh, the second movie, ah! A lot of shit that you eh, you wouldn't really think would happen. Yeah. Like, can, can I give spoilers on it? Why not? It's like four years old. I've seen it already. Yes. Okay. So, basically, the story is a bunch of, like, a, the Prime Minister of Britain dies. And there's a big, huge state funeral. And uh, heads of state from all over the world come to London at the same time to, like, pay their respects. And I'm immediately, I'm like, um... What could go wrong? And it does. Everything goes Everything wrong. Everything goes wrong. Everything you expect. Like, the flights are five, late. The five political are figures off. are killed. Yeah, seriously. Like, there's so many people infiltrated into MI6 and, like, the police to be able to pull off, like, assassinations of head of states. By the way, the Canadian Prime Minister bites it. <laughs> oh, he yeah. Gets blown the, he gets blown the fuck up with his wife. Um, and it's, no, no, it's not Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau. Oh, uh, what is it? Juicy Molay? Smolay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, Smolier. Oh, yeah, that's right. French uh, French 
actor on Empire. <laughs> anyway, uh, so like I, it was a good movie. Lots of action. Gerard Butler's actually pretty good, but I don't understand why they make him American. Like, could you not be a Secret Service agent and be like Irish? Isn't he Scottish? Oh, okay, or Scottish, whatever he is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure like, they it, could. Because his accent is like bleeding through oh big time yeah (laughs) big time like you can tell that there's a bit of there's a bit of the kilt in him for sure so i don't understand why they talk with his crooked mouth because he can't even keep the scottish accent (laughs) from coming out there's a point in the movie where he has to smile and it's the worst smile you've ever seen like it's super forced but uh overall i give it i give it like a five and a half six out of ten i enjoyed it but there definitely there could have been a better story to it and then right at the end so morgan freeman is the uh, vice president of the u.s and uh the the head terrorist of this group that um kind of planned out all all of this stuff is in a hole somewhere and then he calls like uh morgan freeman calls him up and tells him like oh i thought you'd take my call and then the uh a terrorist tells him something like about uh well like you think this is going to end here we will continue to and he's like look out your window (laughs) They drop a bomb. On I don't remember it that well, but it's... just look out your window. Morgan Freeman says, and they okay. drop a bomb on where he is. All of them die. <laughs> just the dumbest way to end it. But whatever, it was funny, and I laughed. So I saw that, and then um, oh, what was the other movie I was watching? Um, The Dark Tower. Have you heard of this? Heard it's it. on it's on Netflix. It's with uh Idris Ilba and Matthew McConaughey. Okay. And so like right there you're like, I'm I'm into it. Two really good actors. Idris Ilba's fantastic. I like Matthew McConaughey. But even when he has the shirt on. Bad. Oh no, it's not bad. It's just I didn't really understand what the fuck was going on. Like so it's based off of books from I think Stephen King and this so what's happening is like there's these children being rounded up from all these different worlds to feed a machine that is dis- that is built to destroy this tower and Idris Ilba is a like they call them gunslingers in the movie yeah which I, I don't know what, I, like he is, he's a gunslinger, he shoots guns. Yeah. And he's like incredibly good at it and all this kind of stuff. And then Matthew McConaughey is like a wizard of some sort, but he's not like he does, he doesn't look like a wizard. He just has all these powers. Um, and so he ends up killing Idris Elba's dad, but he can't kill Elba at all for some reason. Man, like he has why like would you power- watch this more than 10 minutes? I'd be like, no 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 it was like it was i don't know maybe i don't know i didn't i didn't i gave i give it like a four out of ten all right yeah i don't i don't i'm not gonna but yeah and that's fair (laughs) but like i i stayed with it to the end because i'm like i have to at this point because i'm invested in it and i want and i don't want to go see my kids right now no the kid like i had max laying on me he's not feeling well but uh, he was laying on me, kind of watching, and then he fell asleep. Uh, and then Oakland was laying in his swinger next to me. But yeah, like I didn't understand it. It was just kind of weird. And then the ending, it just ends. Like the kid, the kid loses his parents, 
So he ends up going off with the gunslinger, and they just walk into a building and disappear. And then it goes to credits, and I'm like, wait, what? Weird. He's just gonna he's just gonna bounce like that? Okay, whatever. So that was that. Anyway, that's that's my movie review on the Dark Tower. All right, great way to end it. Uh, what, what do you want to what do you want to play out to? Um, did I pick last or did you? I don't remember. You, was it state? Did we go with Stacy's? No, we went with uh. This is America. Oh, right. We did go with This is America. Yeah. Why right. don't we go... Uh, why don't we don't... Why don't we focus a little... Uh, what kind of, who's your favorite lead singer for um, ACDC? Favorite? Bon Scott. You like Bon Scott? Yeah. Okay, pick a Bon Scott song and we'll go out to that. Uh, I have a long way to the top for Jailbreak. Ooh, Jailbreak's good, too. Jailbreak, they have the exact same starting, so guess which one it is. There you go. It's ACDC to lead us out of here on the episode of, uh, or the, on the 38th episode of the High High <laughs> Podcast, Can't Talk. Uh, Scotty, where can we find you on the internets? Uh, Scotty Doe 10 in tool. Damn. Instagram, and then go. Twitter. DSO67 on Insta and on Twitter. And of course, the High and Wide podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Scotty out. See you later, buddy. Bye, my dude. There was a friend of mine on murder. And the judge's gavel fell. Jory found him guilty. Gave him 16 years in hell.
They were racing. Freedom! He was chasing. Bullet in his 